What is going on my people? It is Michael Hunter coming at you from the lovely city of Clayton in the triangle of North Carolina. I am back people. I uh, you know, took a nice little hiatus and uh, not a whole lot to be reporting on these days. Not a whole lot that I really wanted to talk about. Uh, there has been some little things here and there um, that I haven't really been able to put a whole show together. I am going to do a quick hitter today. I did a quick hitter on uh, Brad Brennan's contract about a month ago, which brings me to my first topic. Uh, apparently, Clemson uh, men's basketball has blocked me on Twitter, which I just discovered the other day. Apparently, um, you know, they, they weren't a huge fans. They weren't huge fans of my uh, my take on the Brad Brennan contract extension, which, <clears throat> you know, it is what it is. Um, I go after... Every program in the ACC, you know, equally based on whether or not I think they're making good decisions or not. Um, I don't think the Brad Brownell contract extension is great. I mean, I, you know, I said it last time. It, it, it's something that had to happen more than likely. You know, you have to reward him for doing the job that he did last year. Um, you know, anybody who's listening to this podcast knows I'm not a huge Brad Brownell fan uh, as far as coaching chops in the ACC. I think he's in the lower tier. Um, I did praise Clemson last year. Uh, I thought they had a, a you know a great a great season, one of the best seasons they've had, probably the best season they've had under Brownell. Um, it's just you know before the season, you know you could see the culmination of you know all the hard work that that staff has put in. Okay, you got guys like Marquise Reed, uh, Shelton Mitchell, fantastic backcourt. Okay, got a guy like Dante Grantham who was a stud coming out of prep. And, you know, maybe never quite fulfilled his, his ability to, to impact the game. And all of a sudden it just kind of clicks for him and he puts together a great season. Eli Thomas was a highly regarded recruit that went to Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M or Mississippi State? Yeah. Mississippi State, I think. And, uh, you know, ends up at Clemson. Uh, now he's been there a while. He's comfortable. He's a defensive stud. You know, they, they put some things together and, you know, it may have taken seven, eight, nine years to get there. It was my point. And what happens when these guys leave? Because, you know, three out of those four guys that I just mentioned are are, are transfers. Uh, you, you know, you can live, you can die by the transfer market, the free agent market in college basketball. And Brana hasn't pulled uh, a lot of stud players out of the prep ranks lately. So, you know, that's my concern moving forward. I think Clemson's going to be good this year as well uh, with that backcourt with Eli Thomas. I think Amir Sims has, you know, the ability to take a step forward. And I really like um, the freshmen they have coming in, Hunter Tyson. Johnny Newman the second, or the third, I'm sorry. Uh, not so much. Maybe not this year. Maybe, you know, as an upperclassman. Um, I will be interested to see what Clyde Trapp does um, as a sophomore. I think he has... The ability to score, albeit inefficiently, I think he's. I think he might be that type of player. Uh, think uh, Jared Wilson frame from Pittsburgh, something along those lines. Um, you know, at the end of the day, 
it sucks that I can't I can't see what Clemson basketball is tweeting out, and you know that 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 does suck for me and for the quality of uh, of content that I'm going to be able to put out for you guys. At the end of the day, Dan Radakovich is still a bad AD. I mean, I'm sorry that Clemson blocked me, but that's just that that's the the long and short of it. It is what it is. Um, if you can hear the dog in the background, it's my new dog Tur- uh, Turkey, who I have adopted um, after I lost Tucker a couple months ago. Uh, he's an interesting dog. He's a shelter dog. <clears throat> uh, lived in the shelter for about eight months. He's about two years old. Uh, pretty cool looking dog. Um, we're working through some things, but uh, you know, it, you know, once you've had a dog, I'm sure all you guys know it's it's difficult to uh, to have an empty house without one. So we're we're getting there, and uh, I got a new pup running around the house. And he's a pretty cool guy. So you may hear him milling around the room a little bit. Um, some things that I did want to get to real quick before I get to the second item on the list. Uh, I haven't been putting out the podcast like I, as often as I'd like to in the offseason. Like I said, just the content hasn't been there. But I am putting out, uh, let's see, I put out probably six to nine pieces over various uh, sites over the past week. Uh, my stuff at Slap the Sign is getting published to Bleacher Report, which is really cool. Uh, so go ahead over and check that out. Talk about the Bahamas, which I'm going to talk about with Notre Dame here in just a second. Uh, talk a little bit re- uh, recruiting with Notre Dame. I put out probably four or five pieces on ACCBR this week, uh, talking about Jeff Capel, talking about uh, Duke's recruiting class in 2019 and how that could end up, uh, just talking about a bunch of things. I've also become a contributing writer to the gtswarm.com website, which is a message board that I've been frequenting for years, and uh, my first piece went up on that uh, last weekend as well. I'm going to talk a little bit about that that uh, that article here in a minute. But uh, to read the entire article, just go to gtswarm.com if you're interested in Georgia Tech basketball. Uh, Topic number two on the list I want to talk about today is Notre Dame in the Bahamas. Uh, You know, overall, successful trip. They went 3-0. First two games were predictably blowouts. A couple notes, a couple things to take away. Temple Gibbs shot the bell all as well as you could expect. Uh, 14 of 25 from deep. And Nate, I guess it's Leshevsky. I've heard it said Lazuski and Leshevsky. Um, my guy at slap Assign, Nader Nader pronounces it Leshevsky and I've heard other people pronounce it as Leshevsky. So I'm going to go with Leshevsky for now. If you know, and have heard him actually pronounce his name, <laughs> please uh, shoot me a message. Let me know. Cause I hate to get it wrong. Anyway, he looks like he deserves the hype. Uh, really good player out of Massachusetts, six foot 10 wing can shoot the ball, can rebound the ball, can block some shots. Just, he had a, he had a really good trip. Um, neither Prentice Hub nor DJ Harvey appeared. Uh, that was always the plan. Hub is, of course, recovering from torn knee ligaments that cost him his entire senior year at, on the high school circuit. And uh, DJ Harvey, like I've I put out a while back at Slap the Sign, uh, recovering from microfracture surgery on his knee, his ailing knee that kept him out most of the half of last year. Um, you know, I, I've heard both ways about Harvey and about his recovery. Some people think he's coming back in October. Some people think he's going to redshirt. Um, I guess we'll just kind of wait and see right now. I do not have any solid information on that. Uh, freshman Dane Goodwin, who is, uh, he was, uh, he's a top 100 kid, uh, coming into South Bend, has a reputation as a big time scorer. Uh, he struggled a little bit. He went 10 for 29 from the field, one for 10 from deep and three for six from the stripe. You know, he's a kid that as probably a sophomore, possibly a junior, He's going to burst out onto the scene. I think uh, it's a little bit much to expect anything from him this early, but he's going to figure it out. He's a crafty kid. He can shoot the ball. He can get into the lane. He, he's he's going to be a good player for Notre Dame. I'm just not sure if he's going to have a high impact this year. 
Uh, overall, Notre Dame goes 33 of 94, for, good for 35% from deep uh, over the course of the three-game trip. Uh, Rex Fluger also played really well, especially in the first game, hit a bunch of threes. Uh, I think he had 24, 26 points, something like that. So if, if they can get some consistency out of him and, you know, when it comes to Notre Dame basketball, as we saw last year, it's all about staying healthy, especially when you're talking about a guy like Jawan Durham. Um, I don't know if Chris Doherty's coming back. They say that he's coming back at the end of the month. When a kid leaves school like that, it, it makes me wonder if he really wants to be there, uh, especially when you're talking about being homesick, things of that nature. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him transfer out, go to a smaller school um, in the Massachusetts area. He's from the Marlboro, Mass area. And, uh, you know, big body kid, they could certainly use him. Um, I actually wrote a, a piece about Doherty as well. It's also up at Slap Aside. If you want to check it out, go ahead. But uh, if he does, in fact, leave, it does leave Notre Dame's front court a little bit thin. So uh, go ahead to Slap Aside. Check out the article I wrote on that. And, uh, you know, let me know what you think. Something else that was interesting that happened, this is a couple weeks ago now, but I wanted to touch on it. <clears throat> Curtis Haywood III, uh, or as we affectionately refer to him uh, as Kurt Gone Bad, which is his Twitter handle, uh, told some Atlanta reporters earlier in August that uh, Georgia Tech basketball was going to run and they might be one of the fastest teams in the country. As a, a diehard Georgia Tech fan, I almost choked on my coffee. Um, anybody who follows Georgia Tech knows that as a program, they, they run about as much as Cincinnati or West Virginia runs. Just It just doesn't happen. Uh, the last time they finished better than 142nd in adjusted tempo was like 2011. Um, they've been inefficient on offense. They haven't had shooters. Now that's something that Josh Passner is 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 really trying to trying to uh, you know do. He, you know he's recruiting multiple point guards and big wings that can shoot the ball. That's his focus on the recruiting trail. That's how he built his teams in Memphis. Uh, Passner actually reiterated that fact that he wanted to run. Uh, he wants to play fast. Obviously, um, there are underlying reasons for that. It helps recruiting when you play a pro style, fast, up pace, you know, offense. Recruits want to play that. They want to get out on the open floor. They want dunks. They want to show out. That's the way that these kids want to play. And I mean, you know, I, does Georgia Tech have the horses for that this year? I don't know. Uh, Mike DeVoe is a really good player. Um, I did put him on the top 15 incoming freshman list that ACCBR released earlier this week. Again, go to the website, check that out. Uh, he DeVoe is one of the best shooters in the class. I think he would thrive in an up-tempo offense. Um, Alvarado, obviously, one of the best point guards in the ACC. He would thrive in an up-tempo offense. You know, and then you got other guys such as uh, Shambari Phillips, transfer from Tennessee. Uh, Khalid Moore, who is a 6'7", you know, uh, big time finisher at the rim. Uh, he's a freshman coming into <clears throat> coming into the Georgia Tech program. Good rebounder, good defensive player, guy who can finish at the rim on the break. Uh, some highlight reel type of stuff, and then obviously Haywood, who was having a fantastic freshman campaign until he, he had a, a stress reaction in his leg and had to have some rods and pins inserted to uh, stabilize his leg. There was a story that came out that you know he could end up like Kevin Ware, Paul George, as far as one of those nasty leg breaks if he had continued to play. So he's coming back this year. Um, Haywood and Alvarado are the two keys to this, you know, this current team. I am going to start releasing my ACC predictions over the next couple weeks. Georgia Tech could be in that 15th slot. Um, I actually got looking the other day, and... <clears throat> 
I'd thought all off season that it was the easy choice was Wake Forest. Um, after I started breaking down some rosters and and looking at some things, Wake Forest is not the fifteenth, number fifteen in the ACC. They're they're not the worst team in the league. Um, it's going to go to one of the other two. I do think they're probably thirteenth, but uh, <clears throat> anyway, pay attention to that. That that could be a a midweek uh, ACC BR quick hitter. You know, 15, 20 minute podcast preview of. The team, I think, that is going to finish dead last in the ACC, and then we'll move up from there. Um, if anything, at the latest, it'll be a week from today, next Sunday. I'll, I'll get, I'll start getting that out. We'll do some roster breakdowns. We'll do uh, some off-season uh, additions, subtractions, and and how I see them moving forward. Uh, last thing I want to talk about today, and you may have figured it out by the intro music, is Zion Williamson. So, uh, middle of the week, Duke travels to Canada to play. Uh, a couple exhibition games. Uh, they play without Cam Reddish and without Trey Jones. Um, they lose Alex O'Connell in like the first three minutes of the first game against Ryerson to uh, a freak elbow, um, fractured orbital bone. Obviously, he's out. I think he'll be fine for the season, but he's not playing any basketball anytime soon, which uh, that's a pretty nasty injury. So anyway... <clears throat> They go up, they play at Ryerson in the first game. Barrett, Zion, they show out. Uh, over the two games, Barrett averages uh, 34.5 points a game. Zion averaged 26.5 points and 10.5 rebounds per game. Now, I want to make sure that we're all clear as to my feelings. And I'm not going to backtrack at all because, you know, if, if, if Duke had played Carlton and these guys showed out like this, I'd be impressed. But, you know... Going out there and, and, and beating up on and Ryerson, and I don't even know who the second the game was, uh, YMCA All-Stars of the Great White North. You know, I don't know who they were. Uh, some team out of Toronto, I think. <clears throat> but all of the celebrity that surrounds Williamson, the only thing I ever really said was I don't know if he can shoot the ball. I've never seen him shoot the ball. Now, that's partly my fault because I've never seen him play in person. You know, I never went down to Spartanburg. I never watched them play. But... The, the problem with these YouTube videos is they don't show stuff like that for a kid like him. They show him just punishing rims, punishing backboards, doing craziness um, on, on fast breaks. Now, what I did see that I did not know was how for a 285-pound kid, he could be a ballroom dancer. He is nimble. He's agile. It's, it's crazy to see a man that size move around the way that he does. And... Some of the things, some of the finishes were really impressive. Now, again, you got to take into account the, the competition that this kid's playing against. We don't know any of these guys. You look at the box scores. If one name sticks out to you, you're doing well. I don't know who these guys are. Um, you know, Harold Little, who I did have on the show last April, the father of Nasir Little, incoming uh, UNC uh, prospect, who will soon be the face of North Carolina basketball, as well as maybe the number one pick in the 2019 draft. He told me. In April, this kid can really play. He's not just thunderous dunks. He can shoot it. He can play. He's always working on his game. Nice kid. Good footwork. He's more than fast break dunks. And I am willing to concede that watching some of the stuff that he did the other night, including hitting three out of his first four triples um, against that Ryerson team, I may have been a bit wrong. Now, I want to see when Duke play. Who does Duke play? Duke plays Kentucky at the Champions Classic this year. If Zion Williamson shows out in that game, I will come on here and I will tell you all that I'm wrong. I was wrong. Um, 
That said, I'm still not convinced. Okay, beating up on Ryerson doesn't convince me anything. Go play Carlton, which, according to uh, Titus and Tate on uh, One Shining Pod, Carlton was willing to play Duke, and Duke wanted no part of it. If you don't know who Carlton is, um, give them a Google search. They are uh, the John Wooden UCLA Bruins of the 60s, 50s and 60s, I guess. Uh, they've won something like 16 out of the last 19 championships up in up in Canada. They're a big fucking deal. So that is all I really got for today, guys. I just want to check in, in the offseason, um, get into a couple of these little things. Uh, continue to go to the site. I'm going to put some stuff up later today, or at least I'm going to try to. Um, follow me on Twitter, at Pico36, uh, accbasketballreport.com for any additional content that you guys don't hear here. Again, I've been trying to put out stuff every day if I can. Uh, also visit my guys at slapthesign.com for Notre Dame news and notes. Um, right now, I'm doing a lot of college basketball stuff for them, including uh, some recruiting news for them, which is really taking up uh, most of my time. And, you know, I get paid over there, so that's cool. Uh, basically, my, you know, Notre Dame is, if I, I've always said if I wasn't a Georgia Tech fan, I'd be a Notre Dame fan. And I get, you know, Slap the Sign's really cool. We come up with some really cool stuff. Um, we talk about bars, we talk about beers, we talk about, actually, I'm putting together a, a uh, an article right now for Game Day Cookbook where we all gather our favorite recipes for football game days and we're, we're putting out a cookbook article. So, you know, we just we just have a good time with it and I love working with those guys. Um, again, ACCBR, still pumping out content. And check out uh, gtswarm.com if you're interested in Georgia Tech Athletics. Uh, me and Chasen trying to put out content. Um, and it's a cool message board, really knowledgeable people. Uh, it's just, it's a really cool community. So, any questions, uh, accbasketballreport at gmail.com. Go ahead and shoot me a message. I'll talk about it on the air. Uh, one thing that somebody did send me the other day was a Syracuse fan wondering where I thought Joe Girard III was going to go. I honestly think he's going to end up at Michigan. Um, you know, I hate, I hate to say that, but I think uh, looking at the Notre Dame, no, you know, Notre Dame people really want him. Um, Syracuse people really want him until you say that you don't think he's going to Syracuse, and then they say, well, he doesn't really fit anyway. Everybody can use shooters. Everybody can use kids that can score. Everybody can use ball handlers. Point guards are the most important position in the college basketball game. Um, this kid's a good one. Uh, I read that in an article that I can no longer find, that it was done with his head coach in uh, Glen Falls, New York. His coach said it would be nice if he went to Syracuse. But I think it's down to Duke or Michigan now. I think Duke is recruiting guys that that are take. You know, Joe Girard becomes a a secondary take for them. They want to see guys like where guys like Josiah James and Cole Anthony, where those guys go before they commit a scholarship to Joe Girard. Now, Duke could potentially have seven open slots next year. So they maybe they take Joe Girard regardless of of who else they have on the hook. But right now. With the relationship that his dad has with uh, John Beeline, I think he's going to Michigan. So I thank you guys for joining me. I'm going to make this more frequently. Um, you know, we're going to get back into the every Sunday thing. Work has been a little bit crazy for me lately. And uh, I'll see you guys next Sunday. We'll get into some ACC preview. And we'll look at my predictions for who's going to finish where in the upcoming season. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Can't understand why them so mad Them hot get cold, empty with no soul But I begun to search for one Giver of life, I and I recognize To be with you
Zion. Let your peace.